helps us with the things that are kind of going on in our lives and, and different foolish tendencies uh, that we have. And last week we talked about kind of how part of the issues that we face in life comes really from our heart. What's going on inside of our heart determines what we say, determines what we do, uh, the attitudes that we choose. And we looked at the fact that inside our hearts we have uh, three major things going on. And those things have come to us because of sin. And as you may know, sin causes a lot of problems. But those three things that we kind of have in our hearts are um, selfishness. Uh, we really, we want what we want. We all kind of are born that way. We have different goals. We have different things that we kind of have our eyes on and, and we tend to be selfish. That's what we want. And from an early age, uh, that's kind of embedded in us. Uh, we also, we're, we're arrogant. And we don't go around like professing that, but we want what we want, which comes from selfishness. But then we think we deserve certain things. And that's kind of the arrogant side of it. I want what I want and, and I deserve it. Uh, whatever that may be. And then the third thing that's kind of in our heart that causes problems is, is damage. And if we have a goal and we think we're worthy and deserving of that goal, if somebody gets in our way, we don't really want to hurt them. But if you block my goal, something that I really want, you better watch out because I really want that. And we have our heart set on it. So those three, three things, selfishness, arrogance and damage, th- those things can cause a lot of problems. Well, in the scripture, you see that really the way that we overcome those issues is we have to move away from the core of our hearts. And actually, we have to turn to God and he's who helps us. And no matter where we are in our relationship to him, whether you're investigating whether God is real or whether he's worthy of you to follow him or you've been a a follower of Christ a long time. These three things, selfishness, arrogance and damage are something that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives. In fact, what tends to happen is over time, these three things cause different strategies in life. And you find that in the scriptures, in the Hebrew Bible, the word for fool. There's about nine variations of that word fool. And as you dig into kind of what those words mean in our English language, all we have is the one word fool. But in Hebrew, you find that there's actually nine variations of that. And those variations have different nuances and different patterns and different strategies that the foolish behavior kind of takes after. And so that's what we're doing in this series. If you look at the front of your program, we've called this series Fools on Parade. And on the front of the program, you'll see kind of a guy that's towards the front. And that's the fool that we're going to be talking about today. The Casile fool. The Casile comes from that specific Hebrew word for this type of fool. And you see this uh, kind of lots of different times in the Old Testament. This is the easy way fool. This person wants ease in life. Ease becomes the major goal. The easy way becomes what we strive for. It's what we want to work for. But since it's easy way, we don't want to work too hard for it. But we really, we really want it. The easy way fool uh, is, is a lazy guy. And we're going to be looking at kind of this characteristics of this type of fool. The great thing about these fools that you'll find is that we don't have to look far for examples. Okay. Sometimes you may look in the mirror. Too, too, too early. <laughs> right. You know, we, we, we learn these things and there's part of it, which you can see in others, but there's part in which you see in yourself. And if, as we're talking through these things, you kind of like, oh man, I tend to do that. Or I have those strategies. You're, you're with all of us. We all have these foolish tendencies. And so the key is, as you kind of pinpoint things that you may relate to, 
kind of think, well, what, what does God want to tell me through this? What are some things that I can gain and learn, despite maybe the sting of some of the stuff that the scripture says? The other thing is that you find is these fools exist in our culture. In fact, sitcoms and popular TV shows are built around these kinds of fools. And the easy way fool is, is no different. Any Seinfeld fans out there? All right. We have one over there and a couple over here. But in uh, the Seinfeld series, uh, George Costanza would be considered the easy way fool. And you may ask, well, how do you know that, Alex? Well, I have a clip to prove my point. Let's watch that together. I can't keep doing this to myself. I'm exhausted. Can't you grab a nap at work? Now with that big glass window looking out onto the hall. And I love a good nap. Sometimes it's the only thing getting me out of bed in the morning. Now, George, have you seen that American League directory? It's um, a big green book. I did. Uh, thanks, kiddo. shelf like uh, for an alarm clock. What about maybe that big? No, no, maybe like this. Like that? Yeah, like that. Yeah, I can do that. Great. <laughs> you know, this could sound crazy, but what do you think about adding a drawer for like a blanket? Blanket or a quilt? Blanket. About that thick? Maybe like this. Like that? Yeah, like that. Is that what you want? That's what I want. Hey, George. You want this cup holder, uh, you want it mounted on the left, to the right, or in the middle? Whatever! Or... Oh, 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 this is unbelievable! This is better than my bed at home! All right. It's been a long night. You go home and get some sleep. That's what you want? That's what I want. <laughs> Morning, George. So George has goals. The goal in that is, how can I rig a bed under my desk so I can sleep at work? Now, there's lots of different signs that you might be the easy way fool, but building a little bunk underneath your desk is surely one of them. Well, why, why would George want that? Well, he said at the beginning, you know, work is is getting in the way of, of my sleep time. And really, all that gets me out of work in the morning is nap time. That's a very interesting statement. He wants ease. He wants to be able to rest. He wants to be able to relax. And he figured out a way, a very shrewd strategy for having a carpenter build a little bed inside of his desk. Because sleep is important to George. Now, we may not go to that extreme. There's a part in which, I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up, especially on a Monday morning, like when something like daylight savings happens. And you think, like, really, my number one goal today isn't to work hard at work. It's really to, like, do as least amount as possible. We all kind of can struggle with that. How can I get by with doing the easy way? And that's kind of rooted in kind of this easy way fool. These things just, how can I kind of operate my time and my energy to do the least amount of possible. And that could be at work, that could be in family life, that could be at school, lots of different arenas of life. The other kind of nuance of this fool is, is the idea of like vacation. Like everything is better with vacation, right? 
Wouldn't we agree with that? You know, you work to be able to vac- vacation and then like you get back to work just to work again so you can have another vacation and spring break's coming up, right? Right? Adults in the back, what spring? What's that? Well, here's another version of kind of the easy way that you could see in a clip from High School Musical. Summer. 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 Some of you are like, dude, favorite movie. Others of you are like, I'm glad I've never seen that. <laughs> Two different types of people. I'm not trying to divide people, but that's High School Musical. In case you haven't seen it and you'd like to rent that, you can find that at your local Redbox, maybe, because Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. Anyways, so you see kind of this easy way, vacation, and, and that, that's no, kind of normal. You know, work can tend to get in the way of the things that we really want to do. And that's just part of the struggle of life. But what I want to do is I actually want to kind of pinpoint a little bit more the characteristics of this this type of fool. Now, again, this is helpful because we kind of need to know what are some of the battles and struggles that we face. And for some of us, this easy way is going to be something that we're dealing with right now. For others, there's going to be some other foolish tendencies that we may have that we're going to be talking about in other weeks of this series. But regardless of where you are, as you dig into the scriptures, you find so much help and wisdom and perspective on how our choices actually do impact us. And that's where it really is important as we learn more, more about wisdom and folly. Again, they're polar opposites. The way of wisdom is the opposite of the way of foolishness, of folly. But as you look at each path, you see kind of what comes from it, the fruit that flows from each of those paths. We talked about that a little bit. So I want to just take you on a journey of the characteristics of this Kassil fool. Again, the Kassil is the Hebrew word, the easy way fool. The first thing is this fool is is confident and hopeful in the wrong things. Um, The different Proverbs I'm going to be reading mention fool, and each one of those is the Kassil fool. So that's why you use these as the characteristics. So Proverbs 14.8 says this, the wisdom of the prudent is to discern his way, but the folly of fools is deceiving. So there's this sense when you're confident and hopeful in the wrong things, you're looking for the magic key, the magic key, which will unlock the magic door to get you what you really want in life. And that's a life of ease. And so the, the conceal fool, the easy way fool is always looking for the magic key. If I just do this one thing, all of life will unlock for me And give me what I want. The problem is, it's not that simple. There's not really a magic key that's going to kind of unlock everything. So this fool is always constantly putting their confidence and hope in the wrong things, which causes 
a lot of problems. But the folly of fools is deceiving. There's a sense in which they think everything is going to flow if they just do this one thing. But they're deceived. It takes a lot more than that. Uh, this fool is also lazy. Ecclesiastes 4, 5. This is kind of one of those graphic scriptures which you read and you're like, whoa, that's intense. The fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh. Uh-oh. It's a little rated R right there. Got a little cannibal fool. He eats his own flesh. Well, what, what does that mean? Well, the lazy fool is just saying, you know, I'm, I'm not going to work for this. And if it's not easy, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. And the picture there is if you fold your hands and you decide that you're just going to be lazy and still hope that everything in life is going to work out, you're actually going to destroy yourself. It's an analogy. It's like the picture of you're, you're just going to be like eating your own flesh. You're going to be your own destruction. You're going to be destroying yourself. And that flows from laziness. Now, the casino fool doesn't wake up and think, you know what? I'm going to destroy my life today. That's going to be a good day. No, it just thinks, you know, I, there's probably some things I should do. There's probably some things I have to do. But I just really want to fold my hands because work just doesn't really appeal to me right now. And so there's this battle that goes on within you. You don't just kind of choose it just... And say it out loud, it's, again, deep within our heart. But laziness is, is something that this fool battles with. Uh, Warren Wearsby had a quote, said this, Laziness is a slow, comfortable path towards self-destruction. That's really what laziness is. It's comfortable, right? That's why we choose it. If we don't work hard, there's ease that comes with that. But what we don't realize in the path that we're going on, the lazy path that we walk ever so slowly on, actually leads to destruction. Good things do not flow from a life of laziness. This fool also, another characteristic, is an excessive talker and liar. Okay? The scriptures, they don't pull punches. So you see this kind of extreme language. Well, when you read the scriptures, you find out why. Proverbs 18 says this, A fool's lip, lips walk into a fight. Okay, this is a concealed fool. The easy way fool and his mouth invites a beating. A fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are a snare to his soul. So if you think there's a magic key. You want to talk a lot about the magic key. You know, I learned this this financial principle from this seminar, from this book, and you don't even have to work at it. You just do it and you become rich. You heard of those guys, right? It's like you wake up and like pot of gold just appear on your bed. You don't even have to get up. And you talk about just all the good that flows. And what tends to happen is as you talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, then nothing kind of is shown from the, the life that you live. People don't take you seriously. In fact, the scriptures say the more you talk, the more trouble you get in. I've experienced that in my life. The more I'm kind of talking about my big plans and my big ideas, people start to ask me questions. And then all of a sudden, those big plans I realize are, are just words and I have no idea how that's going to work out. And I start to backtrack and it starts to get me in trouble and leads to the next characteristic of a fool. Easily angered. The Casile fool is easily, easily angered. If the Casile fool was an animal, it would be a possum. Can you show the picture of that? Now, if that doesn't freak you out, 
Okay. What does a possum do? They play what? Dead, right? Possum, easy way. I'm not going to work. I'm just going to lie flat on the concrete and play dead. But if you go to a possum and why are you dead? Why are you not there? And you kick it. As soon as you kick the possum, that happens. Okay. If you prod and kind of ask questions and kind of go to a casino, the same thing. The laziness is there. The excessive talk is there. The magic key is there. The big dreams are there. But when you actually try to boil it down, so what are you going to do? Well, what do you mean I'm going to do? I just told you. No, I'm just I'm I'm just asking if you ever felt like that blow up that that's the possum coming out. You play dead. But if you if you ask and you prod easily angered. Because this fool doesn't want to be found out. They don't want anyone to know that they have the bed underneath the desk. Right. None of it. We'd all want to hide that. And so when you want the easy way, the last thing you want in life is for people to know that. Right. And so we get really good at hiding things. And that's why the Casile Full talks a lot, because the more they can talk, the more they can paint a picture about what they're going to do or what they are doing or what they have done. They can't be found out that really they they just want the easy way. And so you see all these characteristics. Could you go to the previous screen? Because that like possum's kind of freaking me out. Like no joke, out of my peripheral, I keep seeing this like, what is that? And possum kind of scared me there. But easily, easily angered, excessive talk, magic key. All for really the goal of ease. Now all these things, I, I wouldn't kind of check on my list of this is the kind of guy that I want to be. Right. I think most of us would agree. We wouldn't say, well, I really do want to be an easily angered person. And I I just want to talk excessively and find the magic key. And I want to be lazy. Like we don't want to kind of admit that. But I do want the ease. So, again, foolish tendencies. We're complex people when there's goals that we want. And when the selfishness, arrogance and the damage exists, we come up with strategies. We're strategic people. That's how God made us. In fact, he put us on the earth. To get dominion over it. And so we've come up with strategies for how do we make the most of this land. Same in life. How do we make the most of this life? The issue with foolishness, though, is we kind of try to do it on our own outside of God. And that's where it starts to get us into trouble. And so when ease becomes your number one priority. These things flow from that life. So you have to really check. Like when I wake up, what am I really thinking about? What am I really motivated about? And those are kind of the checks of kind of where where you're headed and and where you're at. And here's the thing. The easy life. Does not exist. Isn't that kind of just it it is kind of depressing. I'll admit it. Right. It's like that moment when you've gone to college and you you balance school and you maybe had a job and you balance the job and you're getting the degree and you're learning all this stuff. And then you get to your job and your job has hours and they're a lot. And every week you have them, right? You get to the point where you've, you've built for this life and you've gone through college and you've gotten to this point and then you get there and you're like, this is what adulthood is. It's kind of depressing. It's work. 
But that just kind of gets to us. And if you are this kind of full, the easy way, if this is something that you really deal with, it's going to be a battle again and again through your life. But here's the good news. If this is something that you, you struggle with the easy way, and you can seek some of that in you, God wants to help. And that's why we do church here. And that's why we talk about the Bible. Because if you came and all we said was, you know what? We are a messed up people. Your life is going to be screwed up. You have a great day. (laughs) Have a good lunch. No, there's no hope in that. And so what happens in Scripture, it again and again points to the problem. But Scripture never raises the problem without the solution. And that's what I want to talk about for us the rest of the message. If the easy way is something that you really see that, man, that's inside of me. Well, how do I move past it? And so I just want to walk you through. Here are some kind of three main ideas to moving beyond this easy way fool. And there's a scripture that I think provides perspective. And again, it's comparing wisdom and folly. Because the way to move outside of the foolish path is you have to get on the wise path, which is really a U-turn. You can't have both at the same time. But Proverbs 28 says this, a greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. Okay, so you're going to again again see the compare and contrast. A greedy man stirs up strife, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. The idea of a greedy man is translated like your, your head is roomy. There's a lot of space in there. Doesn't mean that you're dumb. What it means is, You kind of have dreams and there's a lot of space between your dreams and reality. That kind of sums up a lot of what this fool is about. I have this dream of the easy way, but reality and that don't match. And so what what happens? What stirs up strife? And that's where you see problems. When you realize there's no magic key and you realize like all your strategies for getting the easy way don't work. Your relationships are impacted by that. The anger is real. And it causes problems in marriage. It causes problems in friendships, in ministry. It's not just something that's in our heart. It comes out and it impacts people. But then you see, but the one who trusts in the Lord will be enriched. It's the exact opposite. And it goes on. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be what? Delivered. You're going to be delivered. Delivered from what? These foolish patterns. These fools on parade, which we can identify with, we can be delivered from that. But it means that we can't trust our own mind. I can't trust my own way. I can't trust my own strategies. I can't trust my own works. Everything that I think I should do to make myself look good or be good before God, before people, I, I just I can't do that. And so you see that that contrast, that, that that idea of if you're entitled to the easy way, it's just going to bring disappointment. And here's the main answer for the, the easy way fool. You have to trust God, not the magic key. There is no magic key. So if you realize that there's no magic key, you don't have to spin your wheels looking for it because it's not there.
You ever been out like outside and, you know, it's a really hot day and you see that like water and they call that a mirage or the rainbow. You're like, I just want to get to the bottom of the rainbow because like the lucky charm guy said there'd be something <laughs> right. It's just it's not that you you see it, but you can't get there. And that's this. It's the easy way you see it like it's in your mind. That's what you want. But it's a mirage. You can't get it. There's no magic key to get you there. And so you have to decide. I have to trust God, not the magic key, which that leads to kind of the first real key way to battle the easy way, foolishness. And that's trust God and work hard. Again and again in scripture, you see that working hard is a part of the life that God has called us to. It is. You have to work hard at life. You actually have to wake up and accomplish something with your time, with your energy, with the power God's given you. And so working hard pleases God. So the way you combat laziness is you have to decide, I'm going to work hard. Because God has asked me to. And you find this in Hebrews 6. It says this, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Again, you see the comparison. Earnestness versus sluggishness. Sluggish is just a, a, a laziness. Uh, you're, you're dull of hearing. You ever told somebody to do something and it doesn't get done? Maybe it's at work or you've been told to do something and you didn't do it. And then your boss comes to you and you say, hey, you didn't send me that email. Oh, you wanted me to send it. You ever done that? And your boss is like, yeah, because I said, can you send the email? You ever had those interactions? If you have kids, you may have those a little bit more. Right? But it's this thing of like, oh, I didn't hear that's what you said or I heard you, but I didn't know that's what you meant. That's sometimes it's sluggish. It's just there's a dullness there. You, the words came into your ears and then like, remember how it's just, there's a hole. And you just go, woo, woo, it's gone. You didn't hear and so you didn't do. But the earnest person, there's a speed and eagerness to get the job done. That's what working hard is. I have this project to do and I'm going to do it with all my might. Why? Because God has commanded me to be earnest, to work hard, to be diligent, opposed to, to sluggish, sluggish. And so you have to choose. And overcoming this is, you know what? God is going to bless my current work. Because I think some of the battle is sometimes if I work hard right here and I give myself fully to my responsibilities, I'm going to miss this thing right here that I really want. You ever had that struggle? I know I have. If I really focus here and I'm in this like hole of responsibility and I can't peek my head out, my dream job, my dream relationship, my dream life is there and I'm not going to see it. Guess what? It's not there. Blessing comes from plugging in your current responsibilities and then God provides you the blessing. You can't not do it, stay out of the commitment, stay out of the responsibilities and ask God, come on, God, bless me. It doesn't work. Blessing flows from current faithfulness. It does. 
And that's what the Casil fool, the easy way fool has to realize. I have to trust God and work hard. If I work hard, it will actually get me what I want. There's no magic key. But if I work hard, God will come through. That's what it means to trust him. He will come through. Second thing that really helps if you're the easy way and you struggle with that is ask God to clue you in to the consequences. Sometimes pain is helpful. You ever done something and you tell yourself, I'm never going to do that again. And you remember that. Like, what was I thinking? I can't believe I did that. And it stings a little bit. Well, in life, consequences actually show you that it's real. Just like if you touch a hot flame, you will get burned. Well, if you're lazy and you're just pursuing a magic key, consequences come from that. So you need to ask God, help, help me to see it. Uh, Proverbs 19.3 says this, when a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. That's what happens if you don't ask God to clue you into the consequences. If you don't work hard, you don't do well in your job, you don't get promoted, and we have the problem with God. We have the problem with our boss. We have the problem with our coworker. That's the struggle of the easy way fool. It's not me. It's them. Because they have the wrong lock for my magic key and it doesn't fit in their lock. They need to change their lock. Actually, I don't think it works like that. Because there's no magic key, remember? But when we ask God to show us the consequences, we can see, man, I, I've, I blew it. I blew it and it was wrong and I wanted a shortcut and there's not a shortcut. I wanted the easy way and there's no easy way. God help me to learn from this mistake. I'm going to share a story with you. It's actually kind of embarrassing. So what's said in here stays in here apart from on the recording, which goes to the World Wide web. <laughs> but when I was in seminary, seminary is a school for it's like graduate school to become a pastor and you have to take Hebrew, which is, a lot of the words that I've been talking about today. And I really didn't like biblical languages, which is not that great when that's a lot of what you have to study. Uh, but I didn't really like it. I've not been a language guy. I'm not a linguist, as they say. Um, and I was in this Hebrew class, and I just struggled. And the reason I struggled is I really wasn't working hard. I didn't really study my flashcards. I really wasn't working on the things that my professor told me to do. And so at the end of... The first semester, it was a year-long class, he gave, me, he gave us all this uh, practice test. And in class, we did the practice test together as a class. And we went through it, and we said, okay, well, how do you translate this word, and what does that word mean? And we all did it together. And so we all kind of had this sense of this is what the real test is going to be. And so I was like, this is awesome, the practice test, and I hope the real test will be just like this. That'd be awesome, because I got the prep. Well, he hands out a take-home final. Okay. And he says, here's your, your take-home final. Just turn this in next week. This is our like, end of the first semester. Well, in class, I opened the take-home final, and it's the exact same thing as the practice test. It's the same thing. And all of a sudden, in my mind, I'm thinking, I have all the answers to this take-home final. Take-home being by myself, no one sees. And I really don't know this stuff that great, 
And I didn't memorize everything we did on the practice. And so I had a decision to make. You know what I did? You got to come next week to find. I cheated. I totally cheated. Now, I didn't go that day to my Hebrew class saying, like, I want to cheat. Because I want to I really want to prepare seminary and I'm just going to cheat today. But what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to work hard. It's because I didn't want to work hard. I came up with a strategy, which was ease. And the ease was my prof gave me a take home final that had the answers. And all I had to do was open it. And so I did. I I looked on it and then like halfway through, I'm like, I can't look at it anymore. And and then like I get to the next thing and I'm like, well, I don't know it. And then I'd look again and I can't do it anymore. And, And I realized I didn't know anything on the take home final. But I didn't want to be found out and just give him the thing and say, it's been a great semester. I have no idea what I'm doing. But instead, I turned it in. And then what tends to happen is as you walk with God uh, and you spend time with him, he, he shows you things when you mess up. And he does. And that's part of the Holy Spirit. That's God living in you. And he helps you. But sometimes the help is you screwed up. You have to make it right. And so I had this just lump in my stomach, in my throat, and I was just so embarrassed. I'm like, how am I going to tell my professor in seminary that I cheated on the take-home final that he already gave us all the answers to? And so as I was like kind of thinking about telling him this, I started to kind of justify, well, why did he give us a take-home final with the exact answers of the practice test? I started to get kind of irritated at him, right? (laughs) It's so embarrassing. It doesn't make any sense. But it was his fault. Because if you don't want me to cheat, don't give me the answers. And I realized, like, man, I was a casseal. I wanted the easy way. I didn't want to work hard. And so I went to him and I said, you know what, Professor, I, I cheated. I cheated on the final. And I... You know, when you do that, you, you can get kicked out. I didn't know what was going to happen. I could have gotten kicked out of grad school. And, you know, he was really gracious. He uh, basically gave me a good talking to. Something like, don't ever do that again. You could seal. <laughs> Somewhat. And I got a lower grade and I, I faced the consequences from that. But at that moment when reality hit where it was like I couldn't get away with it. That's facing the consequences. And that's what leads us forward in the foolishness. You realize, like, there's no freebies, really. And that's what it is with sin. Like, you can't just do it and expect that you're not planting seeds. You're always planting seeds with your choices, with your attitude. You're always planting seeds. What I realized is, like, the seeds I was planting, I didn't want the fruit of. And so you, you, you have a choice. Do I get angry at God for me planting lazy seeds and me getting lazy fruit? can't do that i planted it i did it that's on me so that leads to the last part to move out of it once you ask god to help you see the consequences you have to speak the truth you have to admit it i really want the easy way i really want the magic key i'd much prefer a life of ease than a life of work i want the shortcuts And so when you clue in the consequences, there's something that's said about speaking the truth. 
and see if I would have just admitted to God, like, God, I cheated. That was wrong. But I was presenting myself false to my professor. And I was saying these answers were my own and they weren't. So at that moment that I spoke the truth, not only did the consequences become clear, but it made me realize that there's so much that can happen as you get out of the darkness. And that's what speaking the truth is. Each one of us have some things in our hearts that we don't want anyone to see. It's the dark place. We all do. Some of it's related to this strategy, some of it's related to other things. But we just kind of have a wall and we have this dark place and we don't want anyone to cross over here. The thing is, in the dark place, there's no help. And so what happens when you speak the truth, you allow the light of the Lord God to shine. And in the light, clarity comes and you can really see what's happening. And as you can see what's happening, you can see that there is a way out. There's this tunnel that leads to the light. It's going to take diligence. It's going to take hard work. But that's what God does. As you speak the truth, you begin to see that there's a way out from the darkness. And so no matter what you're struggling with today, whether this kind of nails you and you're saying to yourself, I am a possum. Or you think, I don't really deal with that. Well, we all have stuff. And you may kind of find out more about yourself in the next few weeks, but we all have stuff. So I want to encourage you, just as I wrap up, the only way that we can deal with these issues that we're talking about is it begins with this idea of, I need to admit where I'm at. I need to speak the truth. I can't hide anymore. And so if there's someone in your life that you know walks with God, and you just feel like you're in the darkness, and you just feel like you're stuck, and you feel like there's nowhere for you to go, talk to that person. If that's somebody you trust, talk to that person. Because we want to be a church that we, we help each other. We don't play games. There's a scripture there, Ephesians 4, which they'll show. It's this idea of you put off falsehood and let each one speak the truth with his neighbors. For we're all members of one another. This idea of real community is there's not masks, there's not games, there's not strategies that we're trying to do just to get what we want. As long as you do what I want and I do what you want, it's going to work out. It doesn't work like that. It begins with the idea of God help me to move past these strategies and for us to really be a community that we're there for each other. And in that, you find that there's so much blessing in life. So I just encourage you, as I wrap up, the band's going to come up. We're going to sing some more. Ask God to show you, is there just something that you, you sense God speaking to you about? Just about your own heart. Just about some of the things that you've got going on. Ask God to kind of show you what, what, what you can do. And if you just need help and you just need to talk to somebody, let us know on your connection card. We, we would love to talk with you and help you and, and pray for you uh, as needed. As I wrap up, there's some next steps that you can uh, take today. Um, I've kind of already mentioned them, but the first is if out of those three ways to kind of overcome the easy way, uh, pick one that you think you need to focus on. Is it trusting God, working hard? Is it... You just need to see the consequences or maybe it's speaking the truth. And so pick one of those. And then the last is maybe you just want to memorize Proverbs twenty-eight, twenty-six. Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Maybe that's just a promise you need to remember. Okay, in you, I have an escape from myself. Sometimes that's, we just need that reminder. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing this back to God and 
receive uh, our offering. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your goodness to us. The fact that despite our, our hearts and what's in there, there's no darkness which can overcome your light. And there's no foolishness that you can't fix. And so, God, help us to see if there's just some things that we're doing that's just causing us to bang our heads against the wall. Help us in the midst of the pain to not be angry with you, but instead to turn to you. And so we pray for humility, God, that we will not be stiff-necked or prideful, but that we'll really look to you as our help and our deliverance. So we ask for your help in this. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.